You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera, alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Welcome to Monday, Jay, for what should be a very fun show. It ought to be. You know, uh, Anthony Gimino and John Wilner are going to join us today for what we're calling a reporter's roundtable, which just means a bunch of old guys talking and <laughs> sitting around here talking football and all the stuff that's going on. But there, there's been a lot of stuff going on since last week, so we wanted to get, you know, some other viewpoints in here. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. They're going to join us shortly we could have a few stories about each other because we are all competing against each other or on the same staff together or traveling together or getting uh, uh having a drink or two together on the road maybe in oregon at the steak place with the electric station the electric station uh, in oregon back in eugene name. oh my god yes uh <laughs> and a few other eugene probably the best college town that i i uh, yeah in my time, yeah, yeah your time? I loved that. I, as college towns go, outside of Tucson, you know, on the Pac-12 road, mm-hmm. Pac-10 road at the time, Eugene, Eugene was my favorite. Right, San Francisco was fun, but it's San Francisco, big city. LA yeah. is LA, but Eugene is a college town. You Randy's really Landing? Get... Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't even know if that place is still there, but uh, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of fun there. A lot of fun in, so, in that town. So we'll look back at some big stories that we did. We'll go talk about today, obviously, and what's going on in the future. Well, a lot of stuff going on and uh, uh, Anthony Jamino is about to join us here but you know one of the things uh, was what's happening in North North Carolina yeah and you know they've a week into <laughs> classes they've kicked everybody <laughs> off campus except the student athletes which you know wasn't that long ago that they were saying if we can't have students on campus we can't have sports right, right. and that, that's going on at uh, well at eventually guess what's gonna happen I mean, we'll talk about yeah that. Anthony Jamino on the line how are you Anthony What's going on, fellas? How's the day job? Busy today, man. <laughs> I, just, I just got home. That's not supposed to happen, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Nine to five. And, Nine uh, to five. John, I think John is doing some dad stuff, so he'll, he's going to join us uh-huh. after the break. So we'll we'll get with him. So uh, we were just talking, Anthony. Have you been paying attention to today and uh, some of the stuff going on to today? I saw a little bit of the North Carolina stuff, especially that headline from the student newspaper. Um, I kind of got plastered all over. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Social media. Um, what do you... Uh, well, you, you know, just the whole idea... Out of all that? Well, yeah. you know, just the whole idea that when all this was going on, they were saying, if we can't have students on campus, we can't have sports. Well, here's North Carolina a week into their, a week into their school year, and boom. They're gone, and and what you know? What are you going to do? That's because all of this, you know, everything that the conf- some of the conferences are trying to do is aspirational. You know, they're um, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 said, mm, you know what, we just don't see a way forward. While these other conferences, Big Twelve, ACC, SEC, um, are just going to keep banging their head against the wall and maybe it'll work out. You know, I think as we see camps have, have reopened while campuses are closing, you know, Oklahoma over the weekend, they had started practice, took a week off and it came back and they had nine new positive tests among their players. You know, you can try this. You can, you can right. try to do a camp. You can try to get through a camp 
You can try to get to your first game and play your first game, but then all bets are off. And um, I think those, yeah, I don't know if it's to their credit or not, these other conferences trying to do it. Uh, I guess that's everybody can make their own determination on that. But it's going to be, I mean, if you really think the season's going to go off, you're just crazy. Well, that's, that was where I was going to go. We can make our own determination. I will. There's a 20% chance that's going to happen. Uh, it's funny. I was with somebody over the weekend, and uh, you know, you've met him before, Mike. Uh, he's talking about the Army and Navy, Air Force, mm-hmm. plugging along, and that they're going to be playing too. I saw like, there was something on the coach from Army talking about them playing as well. Yeah, the coach from Army, they're, they're gonna, yeah, they, they've scheduled a game the first weekend of September. Yeah, they're, the, uh, the academies are raring to go. And um, it might no be just a round time. robin, a round robin with the academies. <laughs> well, you know, Air Force is looking because they're in the Mountain West, which is canceled football. Right. So maybe the, you know they're maybe they think they can just go and set their own schedule. Uh, Navy's in the American Athletic Conference, which is still playing as of now, um, but certainly they have to fill some non-conference slots even if they have a conference schedule and then you got army they need you know they have to replace pretty much everything because they're an independent well but they want to play well, well you know one of the issues has been <clears throat> all along is that let's wait and see what happens when the students get on campus and we're already seeing that i mean i don't know if you saw the tweet by greg byrne yesterday you know at alabama <laughs> and that picture yeah. that picture with all the you know this massive line of people not a single one of them wearing a mask and he's like can we please just wear a mask uh, you know if you i mean he, they're begging people and, and somebody made the comment that picture got posted a million times but somebody made the yeah. comment those are the same people that are going to be the most upset Right. If there's no football. Oh, exactly. And that was, it's, it's Alabama. It's football. And so, I mean, there's nothing more important than that. And, and your athletic director is making a plea to say, hey, people, why don't you just try to be responsible so we can uh, get a handle on the, on the spread of the virus, which will increase our chances of playing football. And if you looked at some of the responses he got on Twitter, he was getting killed. Yeah. He got crushed. He was just getting killed. I he mean, yeah, crushed. I mean, the, uh, the, the anti-maskers were out in force. And, um, but as you guys know, I work for the county and, um, with our health messaging, we see that all the time. I mean, you can't, even if, even if something on social media gets posted that's not related to COVID-19 or anything like that, somehow it gets turned around where it is. And it's like these, um, and it's just kind of relentless at times. You're like, oh, okay. You know, there's certain people, even even Alabama football fans. I mean, we, when you can't reach an Alabama football fan with a message of, hey, try to be responsible. So we can know, play football? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of uphill climb uh, we face with with some of that kind of thing. Well, well even Nick Saban responded just about a li- about an hour ago, and there's a response out on Twitter from him basically saying, look, guys, if you think th- this is a, a thing about democracy... It's not. It's not. It's not. No, <laughs> Wear I, a dang mask. In fact, I posted but, you something... Know, in the, the Pac-12, in their, in, in their documents they released last week when they uh, canceled the fall season, you know, they put out, what, 13, 14 pages of documents and reasoning and medical stuff. And their number one criteria 
for getting back to play after December 31st was community spread needed to be slowed. Right. I mean, this isn't very hard. And the, the, the number one way you, me, and everybody else can slow the spread and get a handle on it are the same things people have been talking about for months. Right. In Wear fact, mask, socially distance, and wash your hands. In fact, this week, in fact, this week, I posted. In fact, this week, I posted something. We live in a town or a community and or states that say you can't tell me what to do, so oh, I'm no, not going to no, do no, it. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, as a culture, that's right, kind of right. who we are. Yeah. Like you can't tell me. I mean, that's um, kind of the whole story here. We're we're a, we're a country of extroverts. Yeah, you can't tell me what to do, um, but that makes it difficult in a situation like this. Let's take a quick break. Yep, we'll take a quick break, and then uh, hopefully John is going to be with us about 20 after, but we'll get back to the conversation after the break. Camille Rivas Rutherford with Coldwell Banker Realty has been one of the top producing real estate agents in Tucson, Oro Valley, Marana, and Vail for more than 20 years. Let her help you find your dream home in Southern Arizona. Her passion and enthusiasm for real estate has helped her become one of the most respected and trusted realtors in the area. And she was recently named a recipient of Coldwell Banker's 2019 International President Circle Award. Camille's approach to sales and marketing and selling or buying a home is second to none. Give her a call at 520-250-5192. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll free at 888-881-5765. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone, we have Anthony Gimito. Shortly, we'll have John Wilner, kind of the good old gang getting together talking about football. So, Anthony. Did you say old? Uh, yes. Old. You yes. know, I was thinking we, together, we have about 120 years of this stuff that we do. <laughs> I, I want to say another word. Anthony, but, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> So and that's old. That, that, that's like a mic drop there. But Steve. but but again, we were Just all like twelve right when we started doing this, right? That's pretty, true. That's pretty true. much. Yeah. Pretty much. And well, I, I will say this before he gets on. Wilner looked like he was twelve. Yeah, that's when true. he started doing yeah. this. Yeah, he looked oh, like the guy from uh, Two and a Half Men, wait. the little kid. Yeah, I've got some uh, like my very first mugshot at the Star from the early nineties. No, nobody, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> well, I had the mullet. I had the mullet. That was horrible. You had the mullet, but you know that was time appropriate. <laughs> well, well, the the running joke was that was we 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 called John for the long even to today really we called John my wife's son because he was such a child when he got here. <laughs> so, and, poor and John. The, and the, and hey, the good once, news is he does John not get on. And because you guys are on, the good news is he does not going to fight you because his prediction is not going to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no fight, right. Anthony. I mean, John the, and I were right. And... The fight is off. No, you, no, you weren't. Yeah. Well, 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 we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll do, we we'll do it wrong. again in the spring. 
we were, you know, under two wins, we win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before John gets here, so what was when you? I mean, we all knew the decision was coming down, but you know, now that it's had time to settle and you know other stuff has happened and stuff, what's your take on the Pac-12 and the Big Ten decision? Well, I get it. Um, you know, just kind of on a personal level, probably sadness. You know, um, what we do in the fall, right? We uh, watch football, we cover football, and. Um, that will, uh, that's all going away. I'm not going to be at the stadium, not going to be in the press box. Um, but I do, and I know John, and John's written about this a lot, so I'll, I'll let him go off on it. But um, the Pac 12's done the reasonable, thoughtful thing throughout the process, I think. And they're the ones, unlike the Big 12, that actually showed its work. Right. You know, they, um, they didn't turn to the, the back of the math book to find the answer. They actually showed they went through the the calculus and came up to the to their conclusion. So that I appreciate. And as I mentioned before, you know they released um, the documents and the the medical guidance that they based their decision on. And if somebody wants to look at that and disagree with it, that's up to them. But you know the the Big Ten just jumped to the end of the book and said no. We're canceling it. We're not going to be very transparent about how we got there. And you see a lot more blowback right now in the Big Big Ten, either either from some schools or some very some some of their star players like Justin Fields at Ohio State, or some of the parents. Where you don't really see that going on too much in the in the Pac-12. There's been a little bit, yeah, but not not and not all that bit, much. Not, not the same as it is right. in the Big Ten. There was no way they were going to play. There's just no way. Well, you know, and Anthony, I, you know, I, I mentioned a couple of times, you know, since this happened, I, I like, I, you know, I was so trying gung, to be very positive. Ho, I really wanted there, there to be football, but when the decision got made, and like you said, when the Pac-12 laid their cards on the table, and you know, they did it all in the, the their news conference was great, and you know, nationally, they've been really. Um, praised for how they handled it you know that they had you know they had uh larry scott on there they had the the, the doctor they had uh you know uh ray anderson was there they had you know the oregon president was there and they all they answered all the questions and i, I know they dodged some stuff to a degree but for the most part you you left that news conference and you had a pretty good idea why they did what they did and it all made sense to me and like it's like the the way they laid it out, it was kind of like okay, I get it, I don't like it, but I get it. Well, now the thing is, is the Pac-12 in a position where they have to start quote rooting against these other conferences who want to play. Well, I was going to ask you that. Do you think they are? Well, they're going to look. I mean, if you're being selfish about it, yeah, because the Pac-12 will look silly if they decided in, you know, middle of August or the first week or so of August to cancel their fall season and three other conferences play, you know, three other major conferences play, and let's say they make it work. Well, okay, Pac-12, looks like you made the wrong decision. Yeah. Even though it may, you know, it may have made sense on August 12th or whatever it was, um, 
we're in such a rapidly changing time. And I think that's part of what these other conferences are banking on is that, you know, the to use the football analogy, the the Hail Mary pass, right? Right. You're gonna you're gonna if you've got time left on the clock, you got a chance to win. And right now those other conferences are saying, Yeah, we got time left on the clock. Not a lot. Well- well, one but of the things we're going we're to take advantage of it. Well, one of the things I'm hearing, and I'm sure you guys are hearing too. I'll ask, uh, is that is there time still on the table where the Pac-12 can say, "Oh, maybe we could change our mind." Uh, I think that ship has sailed. I, I, John, I totally agree John, with that. I know John's written about that. Um, now, I wonder if the question is a little bit different if we're talking basketball. Oh, in terms of playing before the January in terms one, of playing before, yeah, yeah. Because basketball, and I think the uh, the NCAA um, basketball committee today said by mid September they're going to have a plan, or you know they're going to have um, an idea of what they're going to do with the season, whether that's starting on time or a slight delay. Um, basketball's a little bit easier to manage; they have the benefit of a little more time. They have the benefit of learning from mistakes that may have been made previously. So I think college basketball has got a decent shot of going off. Um, But again, if it's a case of some of these other conferences are playing in mid-November or they're playing before Thanksgiving or even December and the Pac-12 not, why not? You know, maybe maybe the the NCAA basketball committee comes back in mid-September with some good plans and guidelines and things are improving. At that point, does the Pac-12 have time to revisit hoops? I don't know. Maybe John can answer that. But I think football is is out. Yeah, I I have a hard I, time seeing that. Unless, like, I was listening to a um, a podcast today. And unless something dramatic from a from a science standpoint, a testing right, standpoint, right, right. happens like right now. I don't see that there's any way that they can turn that uh, turn that decision around. Well, you guys talked about being locally driven, and let's say eight, four, five places are okay, the other five won't be or seven won't be. What do you do? You can't go on, right? You, you can't. can't go on. You know, and again, you know, at Arizona, as as good a job as they've been doing with their athletes and stuff like that, the students still aren't on campus. Right. Talk to me. Talk to me in two, three weeks. You know they're they're still not, and and we've already seen you know Notre Dame is having problems with you know the students being on campus and there's parties going on and yada yada yada, we, like we were saying a second ago you know North Carolina where else is that going to go on? Uh, uh, Lane Kiffin, did you see what Lane Kiffin said today? I didn't see that. Same thing, you know. Um, I'll I'll try you know keep going while I try and hook it up, but uh-huh. he basically said the same thing. He said I'm sitting here in Mississippi, where everybody loves football and nobody. Is is wearing abiding, masks? Abiding, yeah. Nobody in town. Uh, nothing. Yeah. And and it's like, who do you have to blame? People. Who do you have to blame? But yourselves. I but, mean, everybody, whether it's in terms of sports people or business people, uh, schools, they're they're making decisions based on the numbers of the community spread and hospitalizations and infections. And like I said, this is there's a few there's really only a few tools in our toolbox as citizens that we can use to to help that and especially to help that if you want to see sport if you if you want to even think about getting in person 
to an event like early next year. Right. You know, do your part a little yeah, just bit. Just do your you part just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's kind of, you know, when when the Pac-12 announced this last week that they were canceling, and and that was actually something I posted on social on our Pima County social media with a picture of um, empty McHale Center seats. It's like, okay, football's gone. No sports until January 1st at the earliest. <clears throat> if you want to see Arizona basketball and you want to be in these seats, see people in these seats, do your part now and do those things we're talking about. Because mm-hmm. that's the best way to do it. Right. If you're not going to do it, eh, then don't right, complain good. when yeah. uh, you know, you're sitting there on a Saturday afternoon with nothing to watch. With nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's Sorry, that's Jay. the bad part. That's the the nowhere to go bad is is the bad part. Well, you have plenty of time to uh, be Jay Gonzalez in the fall. <laughs> well, Jay Jay with nowhere to go. <laughs> ah, God, I'm forcing yeah. myself to go golfing and got heat stroked on on Saturday because of it. So, yeah, because on top of everything else, we have record heat. Yeah, so but the apocalypse is coming. It's yeah. all right. We, we haven't, we, yeah, we haven't had enough going on, enough bad stuff going on. So, anyways, but you know, Greg Sankey, you know the the uh, the commissioner of the of the SEC, also came out mm-hmm. with a with a statement following up on on Greg Burns' thing, where he said, "I'm concerned about some of the images I saw over the weekend and whether that will allow us to play football." It's like, folks, you know, if you guys just don't want to do this. To, just say so, and then we'll call it right now. What's the over That's under? I always thought it was crazy when, you know, maybe in June or July, some of the schools were talking about, oh yeah, we'll have we'll have fifty percent capacity at our games. I'm like, are you insane? Right. You're gonna have zero percent capacity at your games. Um, it's kind of for this very reason. I mean, there's um, people are are not going to kind of do the things that uh, we think they should be doing at this stage, especially when you get into a, a big group setting like a football game and all that stuff kind of goes out the window. So um, I always thought that was way uh, very, very uh, aspirational of them to think they could get any people in the stands. We're going to take a break real quick. Maybe John Wilner will show up still, here yeah, on the second Still waiting on John. We're going to talk I way bad guys, about him if he doesn't come I want to ask so. you guys, at what point in the next two or three days will we hear or see some video that there's been shenanigans going on in town? So we'll get back here on the other side. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. Go local. Make the switch. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer customized solutions and get you what you need faster. Like our quick and easy credit cards and auto loans. All done online from start to finish. Save time using mobile banking, bill pay, mobile deposit, and mobile pay with just a few clicks. Live large accessing 30,000 plus surcharge free ATMs and free debit card choices. Make the switch to Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org slash switch. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone we have Anthony Germino and John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. 
How's your life today? Uh, busy. Every day <laughs> is busy these days. There's no games, and it's still very busy. Are you having a hard time? I'm sure you're not having a hard time finding story ideas because it seems like all the stories run together. But uh, how is it kind of making things different yet knowing the same things are going on? You know, a lot of the stuff that's, that is uh, people are interested in right now is, is why is the Pac-12 canceled <laughs> and three conferences are still moving on. So right. like today, today I wrote something about the testing issues that the Pac-12 is having and why this big saliva test that Yale and the NBA have come up with, which sounds great, but it actually doesn't solve the Pac-12's primary problem with testing, which is the turnaround time. So, I mean, there's just a ton going on. So, now that this decision has had a week or so, almost a week or so to settle, and we asked Anthony this already, so he's already told us, but, you know, we're... Where's your head on the decision that was made, why, the way the Pac-12's handled it, and all that stuff? Well, I think they made the right decision given kind of the framing that they created. Uh, I guess if I was going to take issue with something they did, I I still don't understand why any of these conferences really thought they were going to be able to play the second half of September. And if the Pac-12 had just said, you know what, we're not going to we're not going to try to get 10 games in. We're going to try to get 8 in and we're going to not not play until the middle of October so that we don't have to start training camp until the middle of September. They wouldn't have been put in the position to even have to make a decision last week. They could have let things play out for many many weeks before uh, before they had to decide and before they had to get the advice from their medical board. Do you, John, uh, that, do you, to me, that was the big thing. John, because you're so close to it, do you think that that was an option or just they didn't even you know, think of it? I mean, I think it was an option, and they, but they were kind of aggressive. I mean, everybody kind of was, right? I mean, hell, the Big Ten originally was going to try to play on Labor Day, and that's crazy, right? The ACC was going to... September 12th, I think, is that Saturday the ACC had set. You know, I think that's all too aggressive when you consider that um, and you have to assume, like we're seeing, that there's going to be outbreaks on campus because when the students return. So you've got to kind of factor that into your timeline. And I just I don't know why any of these conferences try even bothered scheduling a game in September. So, so, what so, do you- so John, you don't you don't see you don't see games going off on September 12th because there's games scheduled for September 12th. It's crazy. I know. I mean, I guess they maybe they will. I don't see any kind of season starting on September 12th and not being disrupted. Um, and the, the other interesting thing about that is that's the ACC. And you know that the ACC is going to do exactly what the SEC does. So, you know, who knows if they'll get those. The SEC folds up, then the ACC is going to, you know, that's a deck of cards collapsing right there. Yeah, do you think if either of if any of the big three remaining conferences, if one of them goes, the other two goes with them? Uh, I can't see like the Big Twelve being a port in the storm here. If if, for sure, if the SEC goes, it's all falling apart, right? But I I think that they feel like they have to have three, and I think ESPN has told them if for playoff purposes you got to have three. So the SEC kind of had the 
the ACC in tow all along, and part of that's because of you know so many uh, in-state rivalries there. There's there's some political overlap, and they were both leaning hard on the Big Twelve to keep going because if the Big Twelve had folded up, I think that would have been it. I think ESPN does not want to have just two. I think they feel like they got to have three for some legitimacy. I, I I totally agree with that. And hey, look, everybody, if the SEC blows it up, you know, blows the whole thing up, that's it. You know, the 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 ACC and the Big Twelve can't make a college football season. No, nobody's even going to want to watch that. Well, Jay, I mean, they'll watch, watch it in a second. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 it just seems like it it it'll the whole thing just be so empty. It's like we're going to have you know eight games on a weekend. Well, that's a yeah. That, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the SEC they're they're carrying everybody, uh, and they, but they also are in a position of need. They need those other two to keep moving, and and it was tenuous there with the Big Twelve last weekend, right? And that was. They were closer to folding up than um, than either the ACC or the SEC have been thus far. John, deep down, and we've talked to you about this before, do you actually think that there's going to be a season? No. Not in the fall? Uh, not in the fall. What about the uh, spring? I thought it was below 50-50 all along in the fall. Uh, I think part of the, the spring equation depends on what happens in the fall. If the SEC does not play in the in the fall i think that there's a much better chance that there'll be football in the spring uh if three conferences if these three conferences somehow make it through some kind of a season i am skeptical that the pac-12 and the big 10 would have spring seasons just by themselves interesting it's got to be all five. I think it's got to be all five for momentum. For you know, the NCAA is going to have to make a whole bunch of uh, exemptions on eligibility and that kind of thing. And it's just a lot easier to get all that stuff done if you've got all five putting pressure on. So, John, if they do play, if the teams do play, what's the biggest concern? Playing two seasons in the calendar year, or the the pandemic, or the disease? Well, the, I mean, the pandemic is, is number one. They won't play if if things are the Pac-12 and the you know Big Ten. They're not going to play unless things are better. But they all believe that it's going to be better. A lot of that has to do with the testing improvements in testing, so that they can get results back in 24 hours. Uh, so, it, a spring season certainly depends on the pandemic being uh, and under better control and, and testing. But they are going to have to figure out a way to not ask these guys to play. 22 24 games in one calendar year i mean they could the spring season could be shorter probably would be shorter uh you know but you got to then you got to deal with eligibility issues because right nobody who's gonna you know if the nfl draft stays in april none of the top players are gonna are gonna play in the spring season so you gotta you gotta be able to fill your roster up so let me ask you guys this um what's what's worse Start. I mean, no, I shouldn't even phrase it that way. If let's say the the three conferences they get their season started, they play, let's say three games, and then they have to end it. Is that is is that it? Would they then maybe move the rest of it to the spring? I mean, or you know, I mean, I, I, it seems to me like if it gets going, they got they're going to have to push through, and because if they don't, how do you how do you recover from that? Yeah, Tony. That's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> if if you get going and then have to stop, 
how do you get how do you get going again in the spring? Especially with when your roster may look entirely different. And the pack then looks better. And if you, and then and then with the possibility of that affecting the twenty twenty one season. Right. Because now you're gonna have to turn which would really affect, you know, how we produce preseason college football magazines, and that would be a real bear. <laughs> so, so let me ask you. I don't want to change schedule. <laughs> so let me ask you. Let, let's. Will they? Would they call the season if they don't know for sure that they can finish the season? Will they? Will they end it before it starts if they don't know for sure that they can finish it, or are they just going to give it a try? How would they know, though? I don't know. John? Nobody knows anything. John, you're the doctor. Start it, I think if they start it, then they'll they'll feel like they've got a good chance to finish it because the biggest issue, uh, I think they believe the biggest issue is what happens when all the students get back on campus. I mean, we saw North Carolina, right? They lasted one week before the, the school had to reverse and go to online or remote only, right? I mean, there was a picture from, from Tuscaloosa of – tons of kids out on the streets, you know, not wearing masks. I think they feel like if they can get to the point where they can start, they'll have cleared the biggest obstacle, which is which is the kids coming back. The students on campus. But that's the, that's the big question is can they get it through this next, you know, three or four weeks? I, I yeah, I mean, well, that, I mean, that's it. You know, I, I was you know, moving my daughter into an apartment over, over downtown today. And, you know, everybody was moving, you know, everybody had their masks on and stuff like that. But the the question is, do they have the endurance? I, I was thinking, as you were moving her in, were you thinking, when's it going to happen? You know, yeah. you're thinking, no, when's the party you know, going to happen? And, right. And we're, you know, and, and look, you know, there's going to be a bunch of students who are going to be responsible and they're going to do what they need to do. Right. Although my daughter said she had a coupon for wings at Gentle Ben's and I'm like, can you please not go there? <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy them. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for the wings. <laughs> but, you know, it's going, it's going to kind of like this is a this is a marathon. And how long are, mm-hmm. are the students on campus going to put up with the masks all the time and not going to parties and stuff? I just don't know how that how that can last. And then it's going to blow up. I mean, Notre Dame is having problems. You know the answer to that, Jay. You already know the answer to that. I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, well, I'm just hoping the kids are smarter than I was. And I don't, I don't no. know. Are they? Well, the, when's the over-under Saturday? You will see pictures from parties in Tucson? Yeah, because they're yeah because they're all the students are moving on. You know, they're moving this into week? the apartments and stuff like that and, the, and everything this week. Saturday is my over-under. And I mean, school doesn't start till Monday. Got to have a party on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> or two. So I, I don't know. I get. I guess the you know the the thing the thing becomes, you know, who's right, who's wrong. You know, talk about the stuff that's going on at Ohio. You know, with the with the the petition that got started at, by Justin Fields at Ohio State. Can that have? Oh, we got to hit a break. Yeah, we'll talk about, about, about that on that. the other side. Yeah, let's get let's uh, let's go to a break and we'll come back to that uh, after. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. 
Hey, welcome back to Iron the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone we have Anthony Gimino and John Wilder of the San Jose Mercury News. Yeah, so let's go to the stuff that's happened that you know came out of a house. There's what, like 200,000 signatures on this petition. And here's the thing that got me about that. You know, the We Are United uh, movement and all that kind of stuff. And all of them were saying... We're not signing waivers or, or any of that. You know, make, get it, make it safe for us to play. And now you got about two hundred thousand people who have signed petitions saying we'll sign anything you ask us to sign in order to play. I mean, what your guys take on all that? Would that really hold up at the end of the day? No, they. I mean, they can't. But I mean, John, do you do you think there's? I mean, does that is that going to have any impact on anything? Well, the Big Ten's not going to reverse their decision. That's for sure. There's no way the presidents will go back. They would look. They would, you know, have to answer to their trustees and their their politicians. There's no way they'll go back. It's. I mean, the whole thing's bananas, right? It's hard to keep track of of who's protesting what petitions, waivers. I mean, it's like uh, it's just it's bananas. But it's kids, right? They're changing their minds. They're getting bad advice. They want to play. They're not sure. It's, Bad environment. I mean, Justin Fields was, I believe, part of the the Big Ten's. We are, uh, we are united. I'm not. Sh- I can't even remember which ones they are. <laughs> but the big after the Pac-12 came out, the right. Big Ten had their deal that was focused on on health and safety protocols. I think he was part of that, you know. And now he's part of this. And I, I, I stopped paying attention to the specifics long ago because it's too hard and they're they've undermined their own leverage anthony if you're justin fields would you even think about playing this year if i was probably not but i'm not him he's he's better than i was Um, (laughs) and he's you know uh, we've seen probably i don't know at least i mean obviously there's Dozens and dozens and dozens of guys who have opted out of the season already. Right. Probably five of those or so are kind of legit All Americans. You know, but there's uh, top, a lot of good players who have, who have opted out. Top, yeah, top half of the first round kind of guys, and some bottom half of the first round kind of guys. Um, and that's an issue where now some of the you know the Big Ten, some of the Big Ten guys opted out for the conference. Um cancel this fall season. Um, guys like Micah Parsons, a linebacker at Penn State, who's very well the best linebacker in the country. Um, he just, you know, those guys are going to just go train and get ready for the draft and not worry about anything else. And that's, this is the big issue you get with the spring season. Who in their right mind who has any chance of being in the NFL is going to play in the spring, risk injury while not preparing themselves for their best shot at uh, combine workout NFL draft. Well, that's a good point. What what kind of football will we see if spring does get played? Well, it won't be the same. I mean, you, and you have to you have to ratchet down your expectations from the get go. It won't be the same. But the, I mean, there's probably ways that they can they can account for players, you know, opting out because of the draft purposes, right? I mean, they can let uh, any any mid-year, enroll, you know, freshmen who enroll in January, that's a hot thing these days, they yeah. can let those those kids be eligible. They can they can uh, adjust the NCAA can adjust the eligibility rules to help to help teams 
basically have enough bodies to play. But that is going to – they're going to need the, uh, the football oversight committee – which basically runs the logistical aspect of major college football, you know, they're going to have to start passing a whole bunch of exemptions uh, to make the spring happen. And the NCAA, the Division One Council, which oversees everything, is going to have to sign off on it, which is why if you want to see football in the spring in the Pac-12, you don't want to see football in the fall from the SEC. Because if the SEC and Big Ten are both guns blazing for – spring football, there's a much better chance it'll happen. So, John, what say there's no season at all, no fall season, no spring season. Everybody's eligibility basically gets carried over. And maybe maybe this is a numbers game that works itself out everywhere. But say you're you're not losing your typical amount of players, but you're trying to bring in you've already got twenty Yeah, you got twenty five guys coming in, right? You don't not as I mean you could maybe play with that, but a lot of schools have tons of commitments early. Fifteen, twenty, twenty plus commitments right now. What do you what do you do in terms of the numbers game? Is has there been any discussion about that at the NCAA level, conference level? I don't think that there has been much because they have – it's remarkable how little attention any of these five conferences have have paid towards spring uh, playing in the spring. It's like they they never even considered it was a real possibility, right? I mean, Stephen Jay, I, I heard uh, Dave Hickey, you know, on your show. He said, "What uh, spring? It's up. It's up on the table." Or I don't. He know said exactly it was a back of the napkin discussions. <laughs> well, yeah, it shouldn't have been. No, Every, you're right. All these conferences should have had at least they got they're really good at forming committees and working groups, and they should have had a subcommittee from their football committee that's part of their working group that had was sketching out some some basics for the spring because it's going to be a logistical uh very difficult logistically and they're just now all turning their attention to it but certainly the eligibility thing is is key and the ncaa is is a big part of that but i think they could find a way to have large enough rosters for the the coaches i mean my suggestion was you, you set a nine game schedule for everybody, but no player can play in more than seven, and that way everybody's playing seven. That's like half of a real season. So they're not playing two seasons in one calendar year. They're playing one and a half. So everybody can play in a maximum of seven out of nine, and then you let your freshmen who have enrolled early uh, play in four or five, and then you let all of your transfers be eligible immediately, and you can probably get yourself to uh, a working, you know, a roster that works for you, but it's going to take a lot of work, a, a lot of rule changes, and a lot of just willpower. Can the NCAA move fast enough to do all of that? I think they can if they don't have if these guys don't have to report till you know January. I mean, there's <laughs> talk right now about having you know moving spring practice to the fall, and so basically everybody would have spring practice in late November, uh, and then you start up with a training camp in sometime in in early to mid January. That kind of makes sense. Makes sense, but you still have to worry about the the pandemic, the issue. So, John, give us give us some uh, positive news as we uh, near the end here. Tell us tell us why the prospect of college basketball is a little more optimistic. 
Do I have to? <laughs> um, I don't want to pull you it know. out of you. I don't want to have to yank it out of you. I was hoping you'd be right on a response there so we could go out strong. Well, I'll tell you, I was very, very skeptical, but uh, I think that the Pac-12's got a pretty good plan with kind of using the travel partners as bubbles. But the basketball is the same. It's the same issue as as football. They've got to have point of care testing. They got to be able to test these guys the night before a game or the morning of a game, whether it's football or basketball. They ha- and they have to have that test result back in time so that they're not sending somebody out who's positive to That's infect all the other team. On point of care testing and and if point of care testing is at a level by November that, uh, you know, will allow them to have, uh, all, you know, test within 24 hours of competition and get the result back before, then I think they got a shot for basketball and for football. Oh, man. What, you know, uh, the thing uh, is, the thing is, though, that they thought, remember in May, how everybody was super optimistic about college football? That's because all the commissioners and athletic directors thought that, that the testing was going to be much better now. Right, right. So now they're now they're rolling the dice that it's going to be much better in, in November or December. We'll see. Dave Hickey rolled out the idea that they might even, that, you know, pushing, even, even pushing basketball to, to January, they could still squeeze in some non-conference games. You know, is there is there a lot of discussion about moving March Madness back to give teams room to play more games? I think that there's anything is on the table. In the NCAA, you know, the difference in basketball is, right, there's actually a commissioner, basically, right? Dan Gabbitt runs men's basketball, and, and they, unlike anybody in, on the football side. So they've got a central decision-making authority, uh, and I think they're willing to do anything. But I also think that they're they're hoping that they can, you know, get started. I mean, the Pac-12s and the Ivy Leagues are the only ones that have canceled men's basketball through the end of the calendar year. There's a lot of places that think they're going to be able to play in December, not conference games. Hmm. Could you see we'll the Pac twelve rolling back their decision on that? No. No, I mean no. Roll, like a flat no. No, if they roll back then they might as well pack it in. They'll have lost all their moral authority. Wow. No, <laughs> let me tell you something, John, because they that's the big talk that they'll be there's a chance of that happening. But you would know because you talk to people that and I agree with John. I mean you you do lose your credibility. If you're doing this if you've come to this conclusion because you think it's the right. safest thing for the athletes, I mean if there's somehow there's a widely available vaccine that by the end of the year, maybe that would change things. But, I mean, this is all predicated on there not being a vaccine till till sometime next year, right? What about an improvement in testing, though? Well, okay, but the the problem is that you got to get the guys six. They, they decided they have to have six weeks for basketball. We're talking about for basketball, right? right? They decided they have to have six weeks, two weeks of, you know, call it what you want, strength and conditioning, uh, stuff and then four weeks of practice. They had a they had a basketball working group that spent three months on this, and they decided six weeks is needed for players to be on the court before the first game. So if they want to play in early January, then that means mid November they got to have these guys on the court. So I think that's still pushing it to have point of care testing widely available, you know, in time for them to to be on the court in, in mid-November, that's that's pushing it. So we'll see. We'll see. 
Well, that was a great show. Thanks guys, for joining this us. This has been fun. We appreciate you guys being here. And, we, you know, we want to do this on a regular basis. Maybe someday, you know, we can throw a little something your way to do this. But uh, for now, I, I will tell you, John, that, you know, I've got a, a text thread going here with, you know, some people that you know pretty well. And one of them, being my wife, says you should be the head of the NCAA. What do you think? Uh, that's nice of your wife. <laughs> well, you do. You, you, you I've, are. I've always liked her. I've well, always liked she's her. always called I, you son, too. I, I think, actually, I think the four of us can go do this, right? Sure. Sure. You know, the interesting thing is there is this there is a call for for there to become a commissioner of, of college football. College football. This kind of exposed all the all the uh, all the problems. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if that happens. All right. Thanks, hey, guys. guys. Thanks a whole bunch. We do appreciate this. This is this is fun. We'll have to do it again. All right, guys. Buy me a Bob Burger next time I'm there. That's, you're on. You got it. That's a good. That's a good choice. That's yep. easy choice. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, Jay, good show. It was a good show. It was a lot of fun. And uh, tomorrow we have Jason. Stuff. We got Jason Gardner tomorrow. Jason Gardner big, tomorrow. Big pull by Steve. Thanks, everybody. Talk tomorrow.